Welcome to Strategies for Turbulent Times with your hosts, Matthew Werner and Dr. Kathy Greenberg, here to help you stare down adversity, adapt, improvise, and overcome the challenges you are facing in your own life. Now, here are Dr. Kathy and Captain Matthew. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times. I'm personally very excited to welcome a gentleman, and I use that term loosely, so Wayne, don't get all excited here, (laughs) a gentleman I've known uh, both in law enforcement, uh, in friendship, and and as a wonderful uh, co-facilitator of emotional intelligence training programs across the nation, uh, our friend Wayne Dubois. And and he's going to talk to us today about uh, SWAT leadership and his own lessons learned from tactics he's used in the field. And Wayne, before we bring you on, uh, I want to welcome uh, my co-host, or actually Matt should say, you know, he's welcoming me as his co-host, but you all have been getting to know Matthew over the last few episodes, and uh, let me welcome him to the show. Matthew, how you doing? Well, um, yes, welcome, Wayne. It's great to uh, hear your voice. It's been uh, Thank you. You know, a couple of days. I know Kathy speaks with you a lot more than I do, but uh, looking forward to this next hour. Um, yes, I, I feel very grateful to be next to my co-host, <laughs> co-host to co-host. Uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Um, if you do not know who she is, uh, Kathy's a behavior scientist for uh, you know for DOD and law enforcement. She specializes specifically with uh, special operations and special forces. Uh, she's definitely the brains um, with the capability. And uh, looking forward to this episode with Wayne um, Wayne Dubois. So. You know, those of you who've been listening to us also know that Matthew has a a pretty amazing background uh, in Navy Special Warfare, uh, top trainer of our 2% in our, uh, well, you know, our lead teams in Navy Special Warfare, and uh, having been there himself uh, in the the fray in over 22 high-risk missions, uh, in his career, he has a lot to talk about, and I know that he and Wayne are going to get into it here. So let's talk about how does a normal day in the life of a peacekeeper derail when the challenges to success are his own thoughts and beliefs, and I'm sure many of you have been there. We're going to talk to Wayne today, who's now not only the undersheriff, but the SWAT commander at Flathead County Sheriff's Office and a lifelong law enforcement officer with a military background, no surprise. Wayne will share some insights and experiences from his over 26 years in the field. Let me stand corrected here, over 26, not 23, um, including high-risk warrant services, barricaded subjects, armed suicidal subjects, and hostage situations, just to name a few. And uh, we're going to get right into it here. Today's episode is going to go right to our hearts and minds. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to to kind of share some of what I've learned. And I I know we talked a little bit, Kathy. I can. Would, what do you think? Should I start with the barricaded suspect and then finish with the the longer one? 
Yeah, well, we're, we're going to jump into those in a minute. I think, you know, just okay. to give our audience a little perspective on you before we get into the, the real conversation, um, as we always do with all of our guests, and thank you for being willing to share because this stuff can be traumatizing and emotionally wrenching. Um, so before we kind of jump in there and make sure that, you know, we don't hijack you or, or our audience, <laughs> we always like to start off with a couple of questions. So, Wayne, um, yes, like Kathy was saying, before we get into um, the meat and potatoes of this, we do like to start off with, um, you know, as a, uh, a a proven expert, you know, who's coming to the end of your career, um, as most of us have uh, have done, um, please share with us who is the most influential, whether it was growing up before you started your law enforcement career or during your law enforcement career, and how were they influential in your decision-making uh, and your growth throughout the years? Yeah, um, so I, I'll, pick, I'll pick a person that it was a personal friend, but also a, ended, ended up being a co-worker. Uh, it was a, a friend of mine named Randy Barnes, <clears throat> and he, uh, when I, when I uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we went to church together, and he was, you know, several years older than me. But when I came back from the Gulf, uh, the first Gulf War, he wanted to do a ride-along with me. Uh, he, he said, hey, man, you want to come do a ride-along? And I'm like, sure. And uh, so I went out, went out with him, and um, I was like, holy smokes, man, how much do you get paid to do this? And I was like, this is pretty cool. So he was pretty influential in me even getting into law enforcement. But I ultimately ended up working uh, with him at the Richland Police Department, and he was uh, my captain, and he was a longtime SWAT guy. He was the the SWAT commander when I was there, and then the incident commander, and um, he was, one of the things about him was he exhibited a, a lot of these these traits, these critical traits that you, you see um, good leaders have. Uh, interpersonal, very strong in his interpersonal skills, his communication ability. Um, he, he was really uh, effective at managing his own stress and, and just great decision-making. But he also, he, he, he was a coach. And so you would, he would take these uh, moments, you know, and, and this is something I've learned is that coaching is, it's about taking advantage, I think, of multiple opportunities over time to coach people. It's not, you know, it, it's not like in this job, like on a football team per se, where you've got like an hour all the time, you know, every day. So you, you have to be willing to invest in, in other people and pass on um, some of what you've learned. And he was really good about that. And so he, he did that a lot with me and he did some, he, he did things that maybe at the time I didn't fully, you know, realize the impact of it. But later on in my career, um, I did. And some of that was uh, whether, whether or not he fully realized it or not, it had to do with emotionally how I w- would approach things and, and deal with things. And so he, he was just very impactful uh, for, for my growth um, personally and professionally, and we're, we're still friends today. And, and, you know, and there's been many people uh, along, the, along the way, but he comes to mind. Yeah, I appreciate that, Wayne. You know, 
as we've discussed in the previous uh, podcast, and also as uh, Kat and I go around the nation, um, coaching and teaching, um, you know, law enforcement and also experts in, um, you know, whether it's uh, executive um, at the executive level in the private sector, or whether it's law enforcement, whether it's DOD, uh, but the importance of having a coach and a mentor, uh, how mm-hmm. critical that is. And for you, mm-hmm. the audience out there, if you do not have one, but your 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 vision is to be a a uh, a professional in whatever field that you're working in, highly recommend and take those to note. Okay, who is around you? Who's your circle of friends? Who is that mentor that you can rely upon? Ask you the hard right questions, which I think Wayne, you were kind of getting mm-hmm. to there has done that to you throughout your life. And talking about having a coach is not just necessarily, you know, being a coach in sports, but a coach in life. Um, You know, somebody that's been through the ringer, that's been through the stressors. um, You know, we're all human. We we, we live through the same circumstances. However, we feel like we got to reinvent the wheel. So that coach Mm -hmm. will ask you those hard right questions, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, critically important. And, um, you know, I, I think you hit a, a key point there in that you're kind of mentioning find somebody, you know, I think we have a, we all have this kind of circle of people that we're with. And um, I, I think that what is really important is find someone that will be um, honest with you about your capability and, and they have the courage to, you know, point out things that you need to improve in. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to help you be better. And that's what a good coach does. You know, they, they'll be able to point that out, but also help you with strategies and, and skills um, to improve. And so find those people, uh, you know, we, it, it's, I think sometimes it's a little bit human nature to, to not want to have people around that push you because <laughs> it's hard. Um, but if you want to be a highly effective uh, leader, um, find find someone that is going to help you, and, and I'm talking in a holistic way, um, help you improve, and, and that'll be key. Love it, love it. So let me give the audience a little bit of background on how how you and I met, and and why you are important to me, as well as to those that you serve. And I, I'm just gonna. Hope I won't make you blush here, uh, but I want to make sure that everybody understands that you are really a thought leader in law enforcement in the area of emotional intelligence. And for those of you who are just catching up to what's going on and trending in policing, um, EI, emotional intelligence, or EQ, emotional quotient, which is how we measure EI, is leading the way, and I have to give a shout-out to all those officers and sheriffs that came to NSA last week out there in Grand Rapids. Um, What's the NSA? National Sheriff's Association. All right, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, I can be an operator, too. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are always messing with my mind with all your acronyms. I'm a show you I can do it myself. All right. So anyway, um, see, when I get mad, my Southern mama shows up with me. I had a great Southern mother. I tell people to this day, being a Northeastern woman, I could add the Jewish on there, but that would just not be PC. Um, I thank the Lord I had a Southern mother because she, 
she not only told me how to get angry with finesse, but she gave me that gorgeous Southern accent, which comes out when I'm really pissed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I want to just give a shout out to everybody who came to see us at NSA, uh, Dr. Mitch Javidi, uh, and my business partners at Magnus Works, um, Jeff Kingsfield and Brian Ellis, a 25-year police veteran. Uh, Jeff King, excuse me, Kingsfield was instrumental uh, in, in helping us set up two sessions I didn't even expect to be included, and in. I went out there to give a one-hour talk on emotional intelligence uh, and recruiting. And we wound up talking 10 ways from Sunday in different sessions. And the thing I want to get across to everybody, Wayne, is you were there back in 2014, 2015. Um, We were at NTOA, which is the National Tactical Officers Association, where we were both faculty. And I was asked to do a certification training to about half a dozen or so SWAT commanders because we were building the team leader program and you were one of the students that showed up and you took it seriously and you've been publishing as well in the Tactical Edge, which is one of the, uh, I think, leading journals in the SWAT field. And so you have been really carrying the flag on emotional intelligence and leading the way for SWAT team leaders on this subject. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and why it moved you so much? Uh, yeah. Um, it, you know, it was, I, I liken it to, I, when I tell people, I, I say it's kind of like when you become a firearms instructor, when you're like a, a newer cop and you go to the class and all you know is what they told you at the class, but you realize that there's some good stuff here, you know, that I need to pass on. Um, it, I think my, my, it was my understanding, of course, um, changed. And so I recognized pretty immediately um, a, a couple of things. Number one, the importance of the balance, right, the balance of emotions, the balance of um, emotion and logic and, and how we, we make decisions, but also the fact that um, this is something that is that is within our control to change. And unlike, a, unlike personality, you know what I mean? When, when, when uh, you have a strategy um, which we can provide to change this, if people put the effort in, they can, they can improve themselves. And, and that's, uh, that's just super important. I mean, I think it's important just in, in your life, just in general, personally, but certainly professionally. And, you know, it's funny because I, I reflected, um, you know, after meeting you and after the, the certification, but I reflected on people that I had known in my career and, and the, how many times I had heard other people make excuses for other people's bad behavior and say things like, oh, that's, that's just Bob, you know, or that's just how he is. And, and, and I think for, <laughs> in a different way, it clicked with me that, well, he doesn't have to be that way. He's, he's acting that way because he's not in tune with his, his self, you know, and he can change and he can be better or she can be better um, if they first understand themselves better and why they're behaving the way that they are uh, and then have the strategies and implement those to change. And um, so it, it was just super impactful. And I think I just realized 
that this is really the key. <laughs> this is the key um, to having highly effective people um, in your organization and, and how to coach them. So when I know about them, right, um, I, can, it, I can, rather than just kind of a blanket coaching uh, system, so to speak, I can tailor that to that individual and what their, their needs are. Uh, and, of course, this is all science-based and, and um, proven now over time with millions of, of uh, assessments. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I kind of caught the vision, so to speak. And, and then, of course, as you and I have discussed, um, the ability to create profiles for organizations and teams. I mean, it's, it, once people latch onto this and understand it, I mean, and, and how much it can change their organization, it, it, it's a no-brainer to me. You know what I mean? So it's, but it's like everything, right? It's change. It's doing things in a different way, and sometimes that's hard for people to fully accept. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a key, you know. And with, with leaders, like I, I mentioned earlier, like those, those leadership traits, like we know that this is not conjecture, you know. Um, there, we, we have studies to bear this out, that these key traits that are different about leaders. And, you know, you ask anybody who are the best leaders, they're generally going to tell you these people did the, these things. They behaved in these ways. And, and that's fairly universal just from an anecdotal standpoint. Um, but we know, um, you know, from an emotional quotient standpoint, what makes uh, good leaders different. You know, they're coaches, they're visionaries, they're empathetic, those kind of things. So um, I, guess I, I guess I drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. <laughs> well, we're glad you drank the Kool-Aid, and we're glad you're here with us. So we're going to take a quick break. Want to give a shout out to our sponsors, National Command and Staff College and MagnusWorks.com. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting-edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well-being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real-time tailor-made check-ins with pulse vibes, to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire, educate, impact, and transcend. MagnusWorks.com. That's Magnus, W-O-R-X.com. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you 
balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. We're talking to Under Sheriff and SWAT Commander Wayne Dubois out at Flathead in Montana. And before we went to the break, we were talking about your experience with emotional intelligence and how you use it uh, regarding law enforcement. And I just want to share with everybody listening, and we'll post a link to this article at our landing page. But CNBC did a piece uh, yesterday or day before yesterday, uh, it was this week, uh, about a book called Hidden Genius. And one of the people highlighted in this book is Chris Voss. For those of you who don't know who Chris Voss is, he was one of the FBI's lead international negotiators. And he talks about three aspects of emotional intelligence. Doesn't surprise me, as many of you know, I've worked at the FBI uh, teaching and training in the area of emotional intelligence um, for quite some time. And uh, I'm pretty sure Chris Voss is an indirect recipient of that work. But uh, wanted to give you these three aspects, Wayne, uh, and, and kind of just um, I'll give Matt the last word on this. But in 1993, two men held three employees hostage at Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn, New York. And Voss was the second negotiator on the phone with one of the bank robbers. And essentially to resolve the conflict, he says he did three things that people with high emotional, emotional intelligence do when communicating with others, especially during sensitive conversations. So one is speak soothingly. Um, he, he used a technique called the last uh, late night DJ voice, okay? And, you know, it's declarative but soothing, um, and it, it, it's more of a voice of, empathy, if you will. So that tone calms your brain down and helps others listen. And two, he repeated statements as questions. So if the bank robber says, I had a really hard day because of all the stress I'm under, Voss would respond with the stress you're under, you know, like getting more, going deeper. And the third thing he did was label the other person's emotions. So Voss then told the second bank robber, it wasn't your fault, was it? And you regret that this happened, right? And so both of those questions insinuated that the robber simply got roped 
into a bad situation. And using those words, he was able to show empathy and hopefully evoke empathy in the suspect. Matt, your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, honestly, as I'm listening to this, um, I kind of think that some people can use this with their kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, we don't have to talk about robberies or anything, you know, of, of uh, negative nature, but also just everyday life on people that you're dealing with, especially with kids who don't understand or they can't communicate. But us as parents who are going through uh, or as adults are going through everyday life um, with the challenges that we're dealing with and to work on our emotional intelligence on, you know, answering a question with a question, right? or answering a statement with a question that's actually a statement. Um, a lot of good stuff here. But going back to you, Wayne, uh, with your uh, 26 years of experience, um, could you describe a little bit of how you, uh, you know, you can relate to uh, what we're talking about here? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and I've, I have some incidents I was involved in that I can talk about um, for sure. But I, I, would, I would just agree with kind of what you're saying uh, Matt, that, and that responding with thoughtful questions is super important. And it is, of course, that's a, actually things that a negotiator would do. But uh, again, just interpersonal stuff and, and thinking about um, being an effective leader, when you ask questions, that does a few things, right? It's going to help to, it, it, it's going to help you to understand more you can you can you can start to learn a person's point of view you may not always agree with it but maybe you it'll help you to understand why you know where they're coming from why they're doing what they're doing and it will help you to better problem solve uh you know when that when that's at issue so and and it built it, it, it all of that stuff works together too to help you relationally with who you're working with so i think you're right it's it's that stuff's critical um Really, I think for anybody, but certainly in this line of work. Um, so yeah, I have, uh, and I kind of, I was going to start with uh, w one of the calls. I think I'm going to, I'll talk about a hostage uh, rescue operation that I was involved in. That um, there was some of this, and uh, there was all kinds of emotional hits during the uh, during the course of this, and and I think I can use that to kind of demonstrate. Um, how emotional intelligence can help you manage through uh, stressful situations. If that sounds good. Yeah, jump in, jump in. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, uh, in 2018, so I was working in Washington state at the time um, and I was the senior team leader on our tactical team over there. Um, pretty, pretty busy team. Uh, we served multiple uh, jurisdictions, so it was a it was a regional team. Um, served two counties and, and again multiple cities. Uh, I was actually working patrol, uh, patrol supervisor, and uh, I hear this suicidal subject kick out, and it's in a small town, kind of to the west of us, and it's a it's a county. Uh, Benton County handles the call, so I heard suicidal subject and pretty much just was like, okay, whatever. Um, well. What ended up happening was that this person was armed with a handgun and was in a car. Well, by the time deputies got there, he had moved inside this residence where there were people. So 
they really their they felt their obligation was to just get the people out. They were kind of less concerned about this person being. Uh, that's not a good way to say. It. It's not that they weren't concerned, but I, in today's uh, legal climate, you know, there's we're we're handling these kind of calls a lot differently. So they responded and uh, got a bunch of people out, um, but the the suspect's girlfriend would not come come out. So they requested uh, some assistance, and and over there, our on-duty, like if you're on-duty SWAT, we would go to any calls in any of the jurisdictions to um, basically be a resource for patrol. So it was it was SWAT officers, but we were just in patrol uniforms, and it was really expertise and personnel that we were providing. So they called for that. I actually sent one of my guys, but I was like, hey, just let me know if this thing doesn't resolve or whatever, because I, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm supervising uh, a whole crew here. So um, ultimately, I ended up, they requested me to come over. And so uh, I did that. And they we had people handling things tactically. And so I thought, well, hey, if I can just make a phone call in there and get this lady out, it's an easy day. When we get her out, our major problem solved. I can go back to my town and uh, no issues. So the information that we had was that she was, she was there inside really because she was afraid this guy would kill himself. And um, this was kind of, I, I've been on several hostage rescue operations, but um, this, you don't always get what I would call like a, a really genuine a wholesome, true victim in that they're just decent people. And, and this was kind of one of those deals where this gal was um, mixed up with not a great, a great guy, but it, it, she was zero criminal history. Um, she had a job. She didn't use drugs. She was um, just that kind of a person. So um, I end up, uh, I call inside and I end up in this, this situation that we had not had uh, I shoot 10 years before I couldn't remember even being on a landline. So there, there's no cell phones for anybody. So when I call in there, there's one, there's a landline and there's one phone and they have me on speakerphone. So this, this obviously adds a, a dynamic, uh, to this whole situation. So I have to be very careful about how I communicate and what I'm saying, because, you know, he's listening. She's on the phone. I want to talk to him. He's not allowing that. Uh, he ends up making statements like you're going to kill me. Uh, but he had not made or originally not made threats to kill her. And he, there was no, uh, verbal refusal to let her go. Um, so of course I'm reassuring him, but, uh, you know, we have this dynamic. So that adds a little bit to the, that, that pushing on your stress a little bit. Cause you have to, you have to think about everything you say, right? How you're saying it. Um, and I'm really just trying to get her to come out. I, I repeatedly, you know, telling her, Hey, we, we want to keep everybody safe, these kind of things, but she's refusing, uh, to do that. We, uh, we ended up getting a, an armored vehicle responded and that went into the front yard and we had a team of, of officers that were ready to launch in there and do a rescue if they needed to. This, uh, this really agitated the, the suspect. Um, so he ends up, he verbally refuses to let her go. And, and I can hear that. Um, but he's, he's not made a threat to kill her. So we're kind of in this weird in-between 
thing. But because of that, the SWAT team uh, gets paged out. And, and I have another negotiator that's now there with me. But the problem is I'm, I'm stuck on the phone with them. So my position on the team, I, I was um, the CNT cadre leader, and I happened to be up uh, on rotation to supervise the negotiators. Well, when you're in that position, systematically, you're, you don't negotiate. That's, not, that's literally like the worst spot you could be, and it's a huge no-no. Um, so I had obviously started out this process on patrol as, as more of a, a, an officer, but now I'm stuck on the phone. So that's adding a dynamic. Um, the, the suspect's extremely agitated, uh, and we're looking for a, a good break to switch out so I can get my other negotiator in there. And I'm, I continue to ask her to walk out, but then she's saying she can't. So, you know, again, just incrementally, right? These are all, and I think it's important to note, sometimes we don't fully recognize it, but these are all just additional stress hits, right? And these things, they, they cause to drive your stress up. So that's, that's uh, and I'm going to come back to this, but that's why it's important to uh, not only work on, ha- on having good stress tolerance, but also managing that and, and understanding what is causing it and how you can manage it uh, in different circumstances. So I'm trying to talk with the suspect, but he is, every time I start to move him down the road of some solution, he, gets, he starts to exhibit this grandiose behavior, which we had learned he would probably do, and he was very agitated. Um, and uh, he, he's, again, he's refusing to let her go, and he, he, but he wants her to talk on the phone. So he kind of stays away from talking on the phone, but he's listening to the conversation. So again, we got to be very careful. I coordinate the move. He's agitated about the armored vehicle. I coordinate the move of that with tactics. Um, but I purposefully, and this was maybe a little bit of a, of a gamble, I purposefully don't ask him how far he wants it moved. The balance that I'm playing is that we, it needs to be in a position that's effective for the team. So I'm trying to kind of, I'm trying to kind of do both, right? We're not going to just go drive it away. That's not going to happen. So I'm trying to assuage him, you know, um, and, and build an inroad with him, uh, but also still be effective for the team. So we, they move it about 20 feet. Well, that isn't enough. So it dry. I mean, he, his agitation level goes up. And so, of course, that drives my stress a little bit, right? We, at one point, we hear um, what sounds like a struggle, and she says, you, you're hurting me. Well, that, in the way that our system works, that information was immediately passed out. What we want to do is pass that information because the tactical officers on the target, they are in the best position to make the decisions uh, quickly. So... They can see, smell, hear everything going on downrange, and when we feed them with information from, from the negotiation process or the communication process, they, they've got the, they're, they're most fully informed to make a decision. So yeah, I remember when, when we passed that on, I thought they may launch a rescue in there, but what the, uh, the, the officer running tactics said was, hey, I need more information on that statement can you clarify what that means, which we are, obviously we were trying to do. Um, 
in, in hindsight, you know, because this, this is rapidly evolving, in hindsight, that team leader demonstrated some incredible maturity. Uh, number one, he managed, was managing his own stress, but in his decision-making process, he's, uh, he's, he's hard reality testing there. So think about it this way, a statement, you, you are hurting me. That statement is different if it's some being manhandled as opposed to um, being punched in the face, as opposed to being stabbed, as opposed to being shot. Different, th- those all may drive a different response. And when in hostage rescue, the most dangerous time for the hostage is at the time of intervention. So all of these things are playing into this decision-making. So he did a phenomenal job by requesting that um, clarification. We're finally able to switch out. So um, our negotiator Griffin takes over, great negotiator, and I'm able to move into this this team leader position. But we're, we're having some other issues. So we didn't have our mobile command unit there yet, the MCU. Uh, so we're we're in my car and my phone is Bluetooth to my car so that we, part of the dynamic is we've got to hear everything. So uh, you really don't want to just have a negotiator on the phone with, with the phone to his ear and nobody else can hear because we can't pass information. So we're having trouble getting his phone linked up. So we've got to problem solve all that, you know, and you're trying to, I'm trying to pass information and hear and get his phone hooked up. It's just, it's a disaster, right? Um, Wayne, we're going to just, we're going to just pause right there okay, uh, for one minute. And uh, when we come back, um, we're on the edge of our seats here. When we come back, let's talk about what happened, what went well, okay. what could have failed, and how this ended. Because it sounds to me like this guy wants death by uh, police intervention. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Strategies for Turbulent Times. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real time tailor made check ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire, educate, impact, and transcend. MagnusWorks.com. That's Magnus, W-O-R-X.com. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. 
They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back here. When we went to break, we were kind of at the edge of our seats here, Wayne, uh, on you going from patrol liaison to negotiator so on the spot, this changes to a SWAT call-out where you are the team leader, and now you roll into team leader role. So bring us to conclusion here because we're going to be just minutes away from having to, uh, to get to the meat of the subject here. Okay. Yeah, so we, we continue to go through um, this negotiation process. I'm now in the team leader role. I'm passing information nearly immediately downrange to tactics, but I'm also having to deal with the incident commanders. And this was one of those uh, one of those calls where it was uh, I, I refer to it as gravity. There's a certain gravity on um, a tactical call, and typically only the people there can fully un- fully appreciate it or understand it. And it was just one of those ones where you pretty much knew someone was probably going to get shot today. Um, and so people could feel that, and I could see that behavior coming out with the commanders. So um, I was having to deal with, with them. I had uh, a commander asking me, instant, now this is an incident commander, asking me about explosive charges, and he was all just stressed out. And I, I finally said, hey, just relax. Um, our the team, The tactical team leader, they're going to, look at that target and they're going to build the charges they need that. So you don't have to worry about that. We, and I, you don't want these commanders to be what we call overwhelmed by events. So if they're clouding their mind with stuff that they don't need to worry about, it's, it's, it's problematic. Had another commander that's it very, this person tended to be very assertive. And what we say in, in emotional intelligence is under stress, your highs become high and your lows become low, right? Or higher, and your highs become higher, lows become lower. So what do you think is coming out? This commander is giving specific direction, and he's putting people in positions where they shouldn't be, which we had to later rectify. Commanders should be giving intent. The team leaders give the, the directives. So I'm having to manage these guys on top of it and go have these little side conversations because they're all stressed out. Um, I have a, a, finally our secondary negotiator arrives 
But what had happened was is the person that was up on rotation was on vacation, and the standing rule was when you're on vacation, you get another negotiator to uh, fill your spot. Well, he just so happened he got the, the brand-new negotiator that we had. Well, and that guy sees hostage rescue on the page, and his brain goes right to, hey, I'm, I'm yeah. going to be fully kitted up. So he shows up. He doesn't bring the, the command post. We don't have any of our equipment. And I've got to manage him. So I'm, I'm managing all that, trying to pass information. Um, ultimately, what, what happens is that um, we, uh, I have one of, one of the, the snipers, there's glare on the window, so they move positions and they can see movement. And uh, later, he, the sniper told me, he said, I was about 95%. It was the guy, but we can't shoot on 95%. So he asked, um, he says, hey, do do we know exactly where they're at in the room? So keep in mind, this is difficult to to ascertain this when you have both the suspect and the hostage on the phone. And they're they're, they're both listening to a speakerphone. So you can't just, you got to be careful about how you ask that. Well, we had information that the hostage had a medical condition and based on the the rapport that Griffin had with her, he basically um, just, he asked her, he said, hey, I I'm, I'm just want to make sure you're doing okay physically. Are, are, you, are you in the living room? Um, and, you know, are you doing okay? And I don't know if God smiled on us or what, but she immediately says, yes, um, we're, we're in the living room and I'm sitting down and, and Doug's just pacing back and forth. So I immediately passed that information downrange uh, to tactics, and within about 30, 30 to 45 seconds, the, uh, the sniper ends up taking a shot, and we um, resolved that situation through a sniper-initiated um, deal. So, uh, And I, I would say that, that the ability to do all that stuff, so when you're – when the stress levels are, are rising and um, things aren't going as planned. You don't have your equipment. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you fix that? Well, there has to be some underlying uh, ability, right? Uh, pro- underlying problem solving and ability, flexibility. You have to be um, flexible. You have to um, control impulses sometimes when you get stressed and people are saying dumb stuff. Like I'm dealing with some of these commanders, you know, I can't just tee off on these guys because I'm stressed out, right? And so, and you also have you have to be assertive about things, and you have to leverage your relationships with people. All of these are emotional um, uh, traits that we can work on and we can improve. And and I would just add that as it re- relates to the law enforcement profession, and specifically you know, patrol work or, or when you're dealing with things tactically or critical incidents, the, the problem, it's not just problem solving. That, that is, the problem solving is built and the flexibility is built over time. And, and you also have to think about pre-event build, building that stuff. So I would, um, I, when I teach uh, tactical teams and commanders and leaders, I talk often about systems. What is your system of operation? It, it shouldn't be just this organic stuff all the time. 
You should have a, yeah. have a baseline system that you fall back on. And when you train yeah. that, that is how you problem solve, right, in the event, if that makes well, sense. Well, you know, the, the biggest issue for all of us, I think, and, and uh, I'm just jumping in here. I know Matt wants to yeah, say no, a few good. words. What we're trying to do here, Wayne, which you're doing a beautiful job of articulating, is labeling, verbally identifying and naming the emotions of not only yourself but your counterparts in a very effective way. And by doing that, you can keep everybody present and what I call emotionally sober while allowing the moments around you to unfold in a more constructive way because we can identify the emotions we're feeling mm-hmm. and more rationally mm-hmm. use as you declared that impulse control to be able to deal with the emotional and social functioning going on. And I think this is something that law enforcement has used forever and, and military professionals like Matthew, you know, out there doing high risk missions have used forever, but people just don't, don't understand how it works. I'm going to throw this mm-hmm. to Matt. Yeah. So a couple things are uh, a couple things that you said, Wayne, as well as Kat, uh, when, when, uh, when they say name for the audience, Cat uh, is coined, you know, name stands for notice, accept, manage and express. And as we look at leaders throughout our careers, as we're growing, as we're maturing, as we're becoming more uh, uh, stress tolerant because of our experiences, like Wayne was talking about, the key thing is to actually, like we were saying, notice or name it, notice, express, manage, and, ex- and or notice, accept, manage, and express. Um, but also, uh, I want to hit on a few things with that. You know, Wayne was... Uh, putting out some keywords here like interpersonal relationships, decision-making, reality testing, problem-solving, flexibility, self-perception. All those are part of a 360 model that we like to use and we, we coach towards to, to help leaders and to help young leaders be able to uh, identify what it is that they're seeing in their coworkers and their own lifestyles on who they are as a person, as a leader, um, you know, talking about self-perception to self-expression, interpersonal uh, decision-making and stress management, we can go on and on here. But uh, going back to the coach and the mentor, um, you know, throughout my career, 25 years, um, you know, I, I personally wish I would have had this tool to be able to identify and say, okay, yes, I am great in decision-making. I'm great in flexibility. Why is that? Um, you know, my self-expression is low. Why is that? Um, but, uh, just to take some, uh, pointers on this, uh, podcast here for the audience, um, the emotional intelligence, there's a lot of cool tools out there that you can actually visualize and identify what that actually means. It's not just a coin term at the dinner table, but as Wayne was just describing throughout his, um, this hostage rescue here how those key points actually help them succeed in that mission. So, Wayne, you do this for a living now. This is a mission of yours personally and professionally. How can people get a hold of you to learn more about how they can use EI in their agency and for themselves personally? Uh, well, I I run uh, my own company, Trinity Training and Consulting, and uh, I have a website, and it's 
trinitytraining-consulting.com. So it's the, the, pretty easy to find me. Um, and I'm the under sheriff at Flathead County. So, um, but uh, yeah, if people reach out to me, I've got different uh, um, EI packages that I can do and coaching. And uh, um, I'm I'm just this this is the kind of thing like I I realize the potential that people have, and and really being uh, I think a great leader. The only thing that's going to get in the way of a person being a great leader is themselves. And honestly, and if you want to do it and you're willing to honestly assess yourself, you, you can make the changes. And that's what's so awesome about this is that it's, it's fully within uh, a person's ability if they, if they want to. So, um, and I think I, I'm excited about being able to use my experiences and training and all that stuff to maybe help people manage through that a little faster uh, with hopefully a little bit less headache than, than I think I had to, to deal with over the course of my career. Yeah, I think Matthew echoed that. You know, I want to also thank you for, for hosting us uh, out there in Kalispell. Uh, I believe it's August 18th. We're going to be doing a full-day program on yes. uh, a fearless climate and emotional intelligence. And uh, if anybody wants more information about that, where do you know where they go? Just come to you, Trinity Tax? Yes. Yes, they can. They can come to me, um, and I will make sure that uh, they get all the registration information. Super. Well, you know, we do this show because we love our audience, uh, and we're not here selling anything. We're just giving you opportunities for getting good stuff. And as you know, you can always go to commandcollege.org for all the free webinars that we've been doing since, uh, I guess now, since April. And we got another one coming up July 20th. August 17th and September 21. And again, these are all free. Just go to commandcollege.org to sign up or register. Uh, Matthew, any closing thoughts on Wayne's story today? Very compelling. And I think the bottom line for me is in high pressure conflict, listen. Uh, it's important to listen. And you can do that, as you said, Matthew, at the beginning uh, with your, your spouse, your, your kids and pretty much anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm learning each day. And like I said, I wish I would have had this tool, which I've learned over the last few years, um, as far as the whole 360 of the EQI. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely, it's, it's your interpersonal relationships in your daily um, battle rhythm as far as your own personal well-being and your own personal health. So uh, as we come to the close of the show here, Wayne, I want to thank you, and I want to give a shout-out to, um, to somebody who has passed, but who is a big influencer on my life, and I'm sure of Chris Voss and anybody uh, who uses emotional intelligence at the FBI, and that's uh, Tim Turner. Uh, Tim was the lead negotiator at Waco. Uh, he and I crossed paths uh, many years ago uh, through many different situations, but as, as leaders and trainers in the emotional intelligence world, and I think today's story uh, given the negotiator aspect of your work, Wayne, uh, as a SWAT team commander, and uh, of the Chris Boss story, uh, just brought Tim Turner to mind, and I just want to give him a shout-out and a prayer. Uh, so for those of you who've been listening, we hope you enjoyed today's show. You know, we love you. Please go and get all the free resources you can. Wayne, any final words from you? 
I uh, just appreciate you guys having me and uh, I'm thankful that I can share some experience. Hopefully that helps somebody out a little bit. And um, I'm a resource, so anybody reach out to me and I'll do whatever I can for you. Thank you. Super. And next week's show, we're going to be talking to our friend Mark Redlich, the co-host of Shot Fired and Shot Fired Part 2 right here on Strategies for Turbulent Times. We love you. Take care. Matthew, any last words? Take care and uh, Godspeed. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times. We hope Dr. Kat and Captain Matt were able to help you create a plan or simply steer clear of the unknown with ways to overcome challenges in your own life. Until next time, be brilliant and stay fearless. <laughs>